This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. We have a lot to get to on today's show. The Miami Dolphins have signed a new defensive coordinator, a senior assistant special teams coach, and the window to franchise tag players is quickly about to open up. To talk about all the latest news, Joshua Houts, Merrick Brave. Gentlemen, how's it going this week? Start of the week, I should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Late February, no more football. It's all done, all done. Uh, what'd you guys do on, on the first Sunday with no football? I actually took my kids to the rodeo. The rodeo that, how long do you stay at a rodeo? Uh, it was about two hours and 15 minutes, which for, you know, kids age seven and 12 was like the perfect amount of time. Um, it was really cool. A lot of bull riding. Uh, there was a rodeo clown who jumped into a barrel to escape a bull, but it didn't work. And the bull rammed into the barrel and knocked him like 30 feet back it was that was the best part it was definitely uh it, it was reminiscent of football but uh wrestling too i was even kind of thinking there a little bit yeah yeah a lot of my world's combining there but i had a chance to put on the the cowboy hat and rock it out in public for the rodeo on sunday what'd you boys do on sunday with no football i cooked food cleaned a little bit and just missed football and then uh, last night, my two-year-old was sick, so she was just throwing up on me all night. So I have like an hour of sleep. Um, so I got thrown up on for most of the night. So, uh, Jake, what about you? I Hopefully you had a better Sunday without football. It was a depressing day. It's so hard to be the only one. It's so hard to be the one without children here. Let me tell you. No, because nobody has sympathy. I didn't do anything. It was a, it was a lazy Sunday. I think it was 14 degrees most of the day here, and that just kind of saps all your energy to want to do anything. Um I've already seen way too much $100,000 Pyramid. I watched the Meg 2. Um, I watched the Mario movie. I, I'm slow. I don't know what to do with what, what else do people do. I listen to the Daniel Tosh podcast. Help me out, guys. I, I don't. What, what should I be doing with my life? No, I think I think you're doing exactly what, what uh, a young man with no children should be doing. Enjoying <laughs> the peace and quiet of, of solitude. And uh, I'm kind of jealous, honestly. In parentheses, it just says uh, a bleep ton of video games. Like everything, I did, so it's just end that. I was going to make sure we threw Rocket League out there. You have to be playing tons of Rocket League, right? 
Oh man, dude! Oh, there's always some Rocket League involved. It's it's like when you go when you get a Sunday and you always got to sprinkle some uh, some sprinkles on top. You just a little bit of Rocket League. Oh, you, you call do you call them sprinkles? Because up there you y'all call them Jimmy sometimes. So, that's no, that's they're sprinkles. That's they're sprinkles. Thing. I don't know who the hell that's a Philly thing, and we do not call them Jimmies. I that's terrible. I don't you got know. Jimmies on your sweatshirt right now. Yeah. I love this. Five sixty WQA YouTube channel. Be sure to check out the uh, Jimmy sweatshirt. There um, it is. New Jersey. I think they do a lot of New Jersey. Their Jimmy's there as well. I, I feel. I have one friend who is very adamantly against sprinkles. He is leading the anti-sprinkle uh, <laughs> campaign, and he made the good point of like they are just kind of like little flavorless chalk bites. Like, is, is yeah. that pretty much which they're actually, unnecessary? They're unnecessary. They're That's unnecessary. why they're called Jimmy's, I bet. I, 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 should we even ask for an explanation? Can you, can you explain that, Jimmy's? Oh, I, I just meant Jimmy was like a real, like, basic, it's like Josh, like a real basic name. So, Jimmy's uh, so plain, they're chalk bites that you put on ice cream. So, you're, you're on the, your stand, you're anti ice cream here, Josh. I'm anti sprinkles. I the kids love them, but I, I have no need for them in my life. I could go the rest of my life without sprinkle. I mean, couldn't you? Interesting. Interesting. Merrick, before I like give up my opinion here, where are you? Where are you standing? My my sprinkles hot take. I'll, I'll tell you that I don't particularly like the taste of sprinkles, but I love the aesthetic of the sprinkle. So I'm a big sprinkles guy. <laughs> it's like you're on a target. You need the aesthetic. Yeah. 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 I I don't think they taste terrible and, and like the thing is if you're getting like a, an ice cream flavor that's like four ice cream flavors at once if you're getting like a ice cream like vanilla ice cream and rainbow sprinkles that kind of makes sense but I understand if you're getting like the fudge and then like the caramel and then the chocolate sprinkles and then there you're just you're not gonna have a good time. This is unnecessary. It's funny. At that point. You said it's 14 degrees and we're talking about ice cream and now I want some some damn ice cream so yeah I don't <laughs> know. i'll put sprinkles on them. i'll load it up with sprinkles since this is such a relatable podcast for everyone living in south florida uh this cold do you guys uh, does does the ch- temperature change the type of coffee you get or is it always either hot or cold i for the most part uh get my coffee based on the temperature so if it's cold it's i get hot coffee if it's hot i get i get iced coffee however there are times when it's cold but i want to trick my brain into thinking it's not that cold so i'll order an iced coffee so that my brain goes oh it must be warmer than it actually is i don't know if it ever works but i'm just kind of a psychopath like that yeah i I mean i think i go with the weather but i also realize that i think an extra large hot pumpkin coffee i love pumpkin coffee people can make fun of me um but i feel like it's a lot cheaper than the iced coffee and that's just filled up with ice cubes sorry about that kids are um I don't know, man. I'm crazy. I'm a crazy person. It could be seven degrees. It could be 87 degrees. It's got to be an iced coffee. I don't know what it is. Uh, it just, it just always, it's easier to drink, especially being a black coffee. I don't know. Having it be iced. I don't know if that makes it easier or not, but gentlemen, we're spiraling out of control. It is officially the off season, but before everything got settled in the Miami Dolphins had to figure out who was going to be defensive coordinator. They announced former defensive or uh, Baltimore Ravens defensive assistant Anthony Weaver as the team's new defensive coordinator. Gentlemen, did you get to uh, watch last week's press conference? I did. They didn't stream it live, which I thought was kind of odd. Like they stream everything live and then they didn't stream this one live, but then put the YouTube feed up like two hours later. So I wonder if there were some technical difficulties there. 
I'm such a derelict that I actually read the the nice. like the release before they put out the actual uh, YouTube video of it. So I read it and then went back and watched it because I was like, well, you know, I got to hear the tone in his voice. And maybe, you know, I read something as something he was saying serious, but he was actually joking. And you can tell when you watch somebody. And I don't know if any of that ever happened, but I did get a chance to watch the Anthony Weaver introductory press conference. And I got to say, I was impressed. He is an impressive speaker. He comes across well. And I can see why, you know, there's all this chatter already about if the Dolphins defense performs well in 2024, Anthony Weaver will be headed for a head coaching position because <laughs> that's what we're worried about in Dolphins land. What if we're too good? Very yeah. nice, baby. Love it. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Yeah, did you I, watch it? I, I did watch it. I did. I was like you. I think I followed along on Twitter. And I mean, it definitely sucked that the Dolphins don't put it up there so we can watch it live. I make sure I add them every chance I get because it's just unfair to us out of towners. But um, that's why we came on Twitter, right? So we could read these quotes, so we could see these things that we really don't have access to. So um, I'm going to temper my expectations as I think maybe we all should. I mean, uh, we were all stoked for the Vic Fangio signing. I know Jake goes back to even Brian Flores and maybe even Adam Gase. I think he's reminded me of there were times when we all felt comfortable and you know excited for the future, and then it all just spiraled downhill. So I let this thing play out, but I think based on, um, you know, the, what he could win, you know, you could only go out there and answer these questions and, you know, put yourself out there. And I think what we heard about Anthony Weaver, whether it's his resume, whether it's what he's talking about, you know, you can go, we'll go through the quotes a little bit, but um, I'm excited to see what type of defense he builds here because um, we got to see this thing go to the next level. If we want to start winning games that matter most in January and February. 53 years old, former player, Merrick, you mentioned it, very well-spoken. He's a former defensive coordinator with the Houston Texans, spent three years with the Baltimore Ravens. And, guys, when we kind of look at the big picture here, uh, I think the simple question is, do you feel that the Dolphins' defense has an opportunity to, let's put it this way, just be good in, in 2024? Because I think the Dolphins seem to have everything um, in 2023. And Anthony Weaver mentioned this during his press conference. He started up front. You have guys, Zach Sealer, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb. He even mentioned Kristen Wilkins, got to the second level, mentioned David Long, uh, before even going to Javon Howell and Jalen Ramsey. Basically, he was raving about players at every position. And I think one thing you see throughout the NFL is, not every team is good at every position. So considering that the Dolphins was so were so loaded last year, uh, what do you think went wrong? And how do you think the Anthony Weaver signing can maybe fix that? Well, I mean, obviously we're going to look at those injuries. There were a yeah. lot of injuries on the defensive side. And, and, you know, depending on what type of coach Anthony Weaver turns out to be, there's not a whole lot he could have done, certainly to prevent that, but maybe he could have done some more things to help mask some of those injuries. But I think it, it will almost be an addition by subtraction type of situation, right? And you hate to say that about a coach who's as revered as Vic Fangio, but, you know, you wonder if maybe he's aged out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like has his time come and gone as an effective coordinator in the NFL? Um, we're, we're in a new generation. These younger guys, they, they don't respond as well to the my way or the highway type coach. And Anthony Weaver, if his press conference was any indication, he is going to be a collaborator with his coaching staff, but also a collaborator with his players. Jake, you had a, a, a nice article on the Finsider 
um, where you talked about Jalen Ramsey and 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 what Anthony Weaver said about Jalen Ramsey, how he is the ultimate chess piece and he's going to be moved around all over the defense. He's not just going to be stuck at the right cornerback position, you know, regardless of, of what wide receiver is lined up against him. He's going to be moved around. He's going to be used kind of like he was used with the Rams. And he was very effective uh, as a member of that Rams defense, won a Super Bowl with the Rams. So uh, I think that's going to be a big change. Um, with the Dolphins' defense this upcoming season as opposed to what it was last season, there were a lot of players who were frustrated with Vic Fangio's style, and I think they just wanted their voices heard. They wanted to have input. They're the ones actually on the field, you know, playing the downs, playing the reps, you know, making the tackles, going for the interceptions, trying to force fumbles, all of that, and they want to be able to have a voice in in that scheme and how it's done, and it feels like Anthony Weaver is going to be able to – kind of bring everyone together, coaches, players, uh, and put them all under that same tent and say, all right, guys, what works today? What works for this specific opponent, specific game plans for for opposing offenses and not just, well, this is my scheme and this is how it's run, you know? One thing I really liked hearing from Anthony Weaver in his introductory press conference was the fact that he's going to be modeling his scheme uh, uh, around the Baltimore Ravens scheme, right? Everyone was so concerned about Oh, well, in 2020, he was defensive coordinator of the Texans and they were a poorly ranked unit. Well, you know, the Texans sucked and it was a pandemic year. And he even mentioned that, you know, the Ravens had good players. Well, spoiler alert, so do the Dolphins. And and Anthony Weaver learned from that experience. And now he's going to model his scheme after the Ravens scheme. And as we all know, that's been a very effective scheme for a very long time. So if he can bring that over to Miami and better use our stars, like Vic Fangio was unable to do, I think that's going to be the biggest difference in in 2024 as opposed to what it was in 2023. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, you started out by talking about the injuries. That was obviously the biggest difference, but it almost seemed like Vic Fangio was stuck in his own old ways, right? I mean, we mentioned the difference in what we've heard from Anthony Weaver. He talked about how you're not just going to stick Jalen Ramsey. Well, he didn't say Jalen Ramsey, I don't think specifically, but you're not just going to stick him on one side, right? You talk about that star position that we hear so much about that Joe Barry Barry helped create, you know, during his time with uh, Stanley in with the Rams. So I'm intrigued. Are you talking about new linebackers coach Joe Barry, Josh? Yeah, yeah, the run game coordinator, though, who had the second worst um, per yards. Per, I got to throw that out there every time. Man, this new heel, Josh, man, you, you've you changed, I'm, I'm bro. To, I'm, you've I'm changed. The line, but I do think it's a little bit funny, though, right? We're praising Anthony Weaver. He's coming out here and saying the defense is going to be multiple, right? We're not going to be complacent. We're going to move some of our pieces around. We're going to – I'm going to come down and coach on the sideline. All these things that um, just seem so, okay, yeah, that's what a defense coordinator should do. Vic Fangio was the opposite. So intrigued to see what Anthony Weaver can do. Intrigued to see the way he can utilize some of these pieces. I mean, as we'll talk about, I mean, Kyle Hamilton, you can see some of the similarities in what they did last uh, this season with him, and he was moved all over. I think played down in the box 206 snaps. He played on the line, defensive line, 51 times. Free safety slot. That has all the makings of what Javon Holland can do. We saw him play slot in college. We can see him move around, and then you can move Jalen Ramsey around. Um, 
I'm freaking excited to see what he can do to this defense. But again, as Jake will tell me time and time again, pump your brakes because uh, we felt this way before about several different coaches. What's confusing to me is like, I, I, one, it's wicked funny to go back and think about this. Uh, wicked, welcome to the Northeast. Um, <laughs> look back to that Baltimore game, and, and we were talking all week about, oh, man, if Kyle Hamilton plays, and if he doesn't play, and the, the Ravens still put up 56 points, and, and the Ravens, or excuse me, the Dolphins scored 19. So that was pretty funny. Um, I mentioned the Weaver being 53. My bad, it, he's 43. I misspoke on that. Um, but I think it's super interesting because we spend all this time talking about how we wish they'd use Jalen Ramsey differently. And, you know, we had these situations where Vic Fangio brought up, I wish we had more depth at safety. I wish we had more depth at defensive tackle. And we kind of hope that um, his response would be instead of looking for free agents, you just kind of look at the roster and try to use your roster differently to overcome those needs. Um but man, Josh, you mentioned Javon Holland. Javon Holland just had an absolute breakout season where he lined up in the slot more than he has since he's entered the NFL. He's lined up more in the box since he entered the NFL. So what do we think happened where we can sit here on one corner and say, why aren't they using Jalen Ramsey? He had two interceptions in a game he was targeted 10 times. However, he was targeted like three times a game. And then you still have someone like Javon Holland. We see the flexibility and the success of a Vic Bangio's defense. So help me out. What What's the difference there? For me, I just feel like even Javon Holland knows there's another element to his game. And, I mean, you mentioned it, Jake. You can look at his stats. He put up, you know, better numbers last season. And we saw the PFF grade going around today, which I do not re- I do not remember him being that bad last year, right? Didn't they have like a 60? I think. Okay, yeah. But I was like, damn, he they got him looking like uh, Louis Delmas or something like that. So <laughs> um, I had to throw that name out there. So I think just utilizing him more in the way he wants to. I mean, let's hope he's not kicking rocks at the end of the season despite what he says. But – um, I just feel like Javon Holland can even has another level to his game, which is absolutely wild to think. And moving Jalen Ramsey around, utilizing some of those other pieces in the way they should be utilized. I think um, Anthony Weaver's talking the talk. Now we just got to see him walk the walk. Yeah, I do feel like injuries hampered Javon Holland towards the end of the year. You know, I think he is at one point was the highest graded safety or like top three highest graded safety and then just kind of fell off a cliff there once he injured both MCLs against the Jets. Uh coincidentally during uh the game where he made like the play of the year returning the interception for 99 yards and a touchdown to end the first half and then because we're the dolphins that's what happens you know this guy makes an awesome play when he's the number one safety in the league and then injures both mcls and has to you know get around in a wheelchair for the next couple weeks while we're wondering will he play won't he play will he play then he comes back and plays like garbage so he might as well have just sat it out anyways it's pretty crazy to look at this roster. Um, the Dolphins were 19th in DVOA. They were 15th in 2022. They were never really that impactful, and I think the injuries had a lot to do with it. They were 10th in blitz rate. They were 9th in missed tackles. But, guys, there was something that Weaver said that really spoke out to me, and he said that he wanted to be a force multiplier. And instantly, mentioned at the top, I go back to the video games, when you're playing GarageBand, right, and you get that streak going, it gets you the times two, times three multiplier to really, really hit those notes uh, properly. What did you feel like the ceiling of a Vic Fangio defense was for someone maybe like a Javon Holland? Was it a times two multiplier? Did it get to a times three? Because for I think there's something important that needs to be said that I don't think Vic Fangio's defense was bad. I don't think he was a bad defensive coordinator. But what I think when you have someone like Weaver, and I think what Mike McDaniel is trying to find is someone that could be maybe more than a times two multiplier, maybe hit that times three, that times four, that you really need to win a playoff series um, at this point in the NFL. 
I think Javon Holland is one of the most talented young safeties uh, in the National Football League. Mm. I think Javon Holland falls into that youngster category where he plays better and possibly, this is me talking here, this isn't Javon talking, but possibly plays harder when he feels engaged in what's going on. You know what I mean? And, you know, judging by the Kick Rocks video after, you know, Vic Fangio gets let go and then 20 minutes later, Holland is kicking rocks, rocks on his Instagram story, which he later walked back and said was not about Vic Fangio. But, you know, uh, what did my mom used to say? I was born at night, but not last night, Javon. Come on, fella. We know what you were talking about there. You know, maybe he wasn't as engaged as he could have been towards the end of last year. Maybe he was a little fed up on top of having the MCL injuries. And that could be a reason why his play kind of dipped towards the end of the season. Don't nobody tag Javon in this. He's gonna he's gonna post about me on Twitter, something cryptic. But uh anyways, I, I feel like Javon I based on what Anthony Weaver has been saying, I feel like Javon's going to be a little more engaged, a little more involved in the planning. He, you know, he seems, Weaver seems to be a big fan of Javon uh, and is going to know how to maximize his talents. Like you said, he just uh, got done working with the Ravens where Kyle Hamilton was an absolute stud this past season. Javon Holland is in that stratosphere. Javon Holland is as good of a player as Kyle Hamilton is. So if you can use Holland, like the Ravens were using Hamilton, then I think Javon's going to enjoy that more. He's going to be engaged a little bit more. And I think his play will improve based upon those things. And I know we're talking about Javon Holland, but I do think a report also came out, right, that Jalen Ramsey kind of felt like he was just, uh, you know, disengaged, I guess would be the right word there. Um, we're talking about the differences here. I think one thing that really stood out in the press conference was that he mentioned he was going to blitz with purpose, right? Like you were going to be timely in using those blitzes. And um, when you utilize them, instead at times it just seemed like Vince – Vince Vince Fangio I almost said a Vic Fangio just didn't want to use it right like he didn't want to utilize any he didn't want to he didn't want to bring the blitz even though we as casuals no I feel like at times we sit here and we uh, believe that these guys like Vic Fangio know more than us, but all season long, right? We were sitting here saying how you have to move Jalen um, Ramsey around. So I'm intrigued to see when he utilizes those blitzes, how multitude he really is, like he said, and just what he can get out of some of these younger guys because we're sitting here praising the secondary. But let's remember, this guy is a defensive line coach, and he's going to have to uh, make chicken salad out, chicken poop with, depending on who we lose throughout free agency. We raved about this depth that this Miami Dolphins defense had. Um, Emmanuel Agba was the fifth highest paid player on the team, and he barely saw any playing time. Um, Xavier Howard cost 18.5 mil last year. Him and Z uh, Jalen Ramsey are expected to reach 60 mil this year. Uh, so, guys, I kind of did it make sense what I was saying there, where I, I kind of thought that this Vic Fangio defense, it was a good defense, but with what they want to do with Anthony Weaver. They want to find something greater. The idea that, Hey, we don't want a completely stable defense. We want to kind of pick out these star players we have on defense and really make their um, workload as large as possible to up overcome some of these issues. Because man, it seems like going into next year, you, like I just said, you have Howard and Ramsey combining for 60 mil. I think Chubb's right there at 27 mil. Uh, um, so there's going to be a lot of situations where you can't have a guy coming in there and saying, you know, we need help at defensive tackle. We need help at safety. It, it's a situation where you need to find some, you know, sixth round pick to come in and just be a stud sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the year for the Dolphins to do that, right? And, and there's they're working with a small amount of draft capital, especially in the middle rounds. They don't have a third round pick. They don't have a fourth round pick. So we'll see if maybe 
they can trade a player off, maybe a Christian Wilkins. I think we'll get into that, but uh, you know, acquire some more draft picks. They do absolutely have to hit on those draft picks, Jake. But this Dolphins defense is riddled with stars. There are so many studs on this Dolphins defense. Anthony Weaver was naming them during his press conference. You know, even if you don't include a guy like Christian Wilkins, whose Dolphins future is up in the air, if you don't include a guy like Xavier Howard, um, because his future is surely up in the air, you still have Zach Sealer. You still have Jalen Phillips. You still have Bradley Chubb. You still have David Long Jr. You still have Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland. You know, if they can get a Deshaun Elliott back in the morning. There are so many good players on this defense and if you can hit on a couple of those mid-round draft picks you can bring in some low-level free agents that you know you've identified certain traits in those players that maybe weren't utilized in other places they've been but you can bring them in to fill a role here in Miami this is how you're going to build uh, a defense that stays competitive and not only competitive but a defense that excels as the season goes on, you know, as long as these injuries don't happen again, um, you know, this is a, a defense that that should be a top level defense based on the stars uh, that they have. And they can be that um, under Anthony Weaver, if he implements his scheme, gets that collaborative ap- approach that he's looking for. And like you said, Jake leans on his stars because there's a lot of them. And if you lean on those guys and those guys perform, then this should be a good unit. And I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but let's not forget a lot of these guys do have to get healthy as well. So before we want to see this unit at full strength, we need to get healthy. Um, I do think another difference between, you know, Anthony Weaver and maybe Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio basically said, I did not watch any tape, right? Didn't he basically come in and say, um, I need this, that? And, you know, another thing, they want Anthony Weaver to probably elevate some of these players and develop some of these young guys that you've already invested these picks in. We know this is a guy who's obviously hungry, right? I think he was up for the commander's head coaching job. I think he had two interviews. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. So this is a guy that wants to prove that he doesn't need that, you know, I guess the safety blanket of the Baltimore Ravens. He can go out there and do everything on his own. So um, he has the pieces like you guys have both mentioned, obviously when they're healthy. Um, and it seems like he has that hunger and desire that I don't want to say Vic Fangio has, but uh, let's be honest, as much as we want to, we maybe don't want to admit it his heart was truly in Philadelphia, it seemed like, from the very beginning. Considering the injuries, considering the press conference and Anthony Weaver's background, Merrick, if you had to shake that crystal ball, and, I mean, we're going to talk about this for months upon months at a time, but um, what would you think is going to be the superpower, if there is even one, of this Miami Dolphins defense entering next season? I think, and, and I was thinking about this a little bit earlier today, and I think that they are going to use the superpower of shape-shifting, okay? okay. I think they are going to be able to game plan each and every week so the defense will not be predictable. You're not going to be able to to scheme, okay, well, we'll just put our our third receiver or our tight end over here because that's where Jalen Ramsey is going to stay all game. He'll be able to follow – you know, these stud wide receivers, I think they'll be able to use Javon Holland in, in multiple ways. Like you were talking about earlier, Jake. And I think they're going to be multiple. I think Anthony Weaver kind of tipped his hand a little bit at that uh, in the introductory press conference, where he talked about wanting to be able to adapt to the opponent each and every week. And I, it didn't feel like Vic Fangio was doing that. It felt like Vic Fangio was saying almost like he, he was, he was buying his own bull crap you know what i'm saying you know it it don't stink you know what i mean like hey i know what i'm doing here i've been doing this since i believe 1986 was 
uh, Vic Fangio's first year in the NFL, also the year of my birth. Um, so that's a long time, folks. That's a long time. And Vic Fangio was a big believer in his own system. And he said, again, my way or the highway, we're doing it my way. And again, these opposing offensive coordinators had it figured out by the end of the year. And, and you saw them put up some good numbers against this Dolphins defense. And it didn't feel like they should have been able to do that with all of the stars on the team, even after the injuries. So I think 2024 Dolphins defense, their superpower is shape-shifting. They're going to be able to, to take whatever form they need to to be successful in any given week against any given opponent. Damn, that's amazing. I, I actually want Jake to – Jake, can, do you have one in mind or do you want to follow that up? Because – I didn't know we were doing I did not have a little super literal superpower. Nope. I could spit it. That was that was amazing though. I do, I do agree with you though, Merrick. So um I, I guess I'll jump into mine. Unless you want to give your thoughts on that. I'm I'm sorry if my voice is cracking. I'm yelling at these kids. I'm getting ready to <laughs> I think shapeshifting is great because the, the biggest gripe I have with this Dolphins defense and the especially the secondary because they got to the quarterback, right? Uh, they got sacks, and we saw late in the season when someone like Jalen Phillips went down. They started to blitz more. I think they finished like 10th in blitz rate, but that number would be much lower if you were to kind of stop that, you know, four, five, six weeks left in the season where you really saw those trends develop. It kills me that we can sit here and say, um, you know, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, they combined for like four interceptions on the year. Ramsey had three of the four. And then, you know, you can say, I don't think that's acceptable. I think these guys should be involved and be more uh, engaged in making turnovers. And then you can have people come out and say, well, when you have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, opposing defenses are just not going to target them. So you're telling me that if you're going to invest all this draft capital, all this salary cap space um, into two players who can be absolute stars, absolute game changers, you can let, uh, for the sake of better words, Jimmy Wilson beat you? Just like, oh, man, like like at, there's a certain line where you can't have these premier players at every single position. So thinking about that shape-shifting ability just gets you really jazzed up at the idea of, hey, that fits into what the Miami Dolphins want to do. They need to have a superpower. Jalen Ramsey, if you're paying him this much, he can't be targeted 10% of the time when he's on the field. Opposing quarterbacks completed 19 of 36 attempts when targeting him. He played in 10 games and was targeted just 36 times. If I'm paying Jalen Ramsey a boatload of money, it's so he can be involved with the play. I think, Merrick, when we spoke uh, before the season, we were engaged, uh, or we were excited to see him engaged on the second level, maybe as a linebacker, stopping run. We didn't see any of that. And when you're paying these guys this much money, and it's weird to say as, like I said, Emmanuel Agbo was a top five highest paid player on this team but when you're paying the guys that much it's unacceptable to not have them be a major part of your entire scheme absolutely and and Jalen Ramsey wanted to be he wanted to be the guy on that defense and he knew that under Vic Fangio he was not allowed to do that you know uh and it feels like Anthony Weaver judging from this introductory press conference and the way that he just glowingly spoke about Jalen Ramsey and his abilities on a football field, it really feels like in 2024, this Dolphins defense is Jalen Ramsey's defense. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the, the straw that stirs the drink for the Miami Dolphins on defense. And quite honestly, he should be. Jalen Ramsey has been one of, if not the best cornerbacks in the NFL since he came into the league. And now he's a Miami Dolphin. Let's, let's, let's get some good use out of him while he's here, right? 
Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I think that's what's so frustrating. We're talking about some of these players that were making the big salary that wanted to be uh, more involved. You were paying Vic Fangio, what, the highest paid defense coordinator. You want to be able to just throw these star players at him and have him be able to make it work. I mean, again, I think we're nitpicking because he did. You know, I think we all had the top 10 expectations heading into the year. And I think he may have hit on that at first schematically breaking it down. But um, you just want to see more in key situations, whether it was coming out of locker room and, you know, making an adjustment at half. Um, I did think of a superhero um, power, superpower. So can I, can I go Jake? Is it cool? Um, it's not going to be nearly as awesome as Merrick's with his multitude, but I'm going to go faster than the speed of light. Right. I mean, we're sitting here, we're talking about um, the timely blitzes that they're going to do. We want to see the coverages maybe disguised differently pursuit. I mean, let's be honest. There were times last year where tackling was an issue. And then I'm going to go take it one step further and talk about some of the players that might have that speed that I'm talking talking about ethan bonner right 4.39 we're going to need a cornerback they're going to need him yeah you're right they're going to need an ethan bonner there it is white lightning right there's one of them a guy i love uh i'll save him for last cam smith 4.43 again a guy they utilize a draft pick on maybe this isn't that blazing speed like ethan bonner but again a guy that you need to step up want to see develop more and then lastly you guys know i have to throw channing tindo out there right (laughs) 4.47 we need someone to step up at linebacker um, so I'm going to go with speed. I want to see him utilize some of that speed on the defensive side. And um, yeah, I had to write down those three guys. So that was a quick audible. Hopefully you guys like that. But uh, Merrick with the multitude now with the speed, I think um, we're really getting onto something here with this Dolphins defense. I think the key here is that the defense in general has to do this, right? Be able to kind of adjust with a quick audible. I think that's one thing Weaver made very clear in his press conferences. We're going to need to adjust. Like we're going to need to be in a situation where no matter what injuries we have, no matter what opponent we're facing, we're going to have to be able to adjust on the fly. And I think it does start with the secondary leaning on Javon Holland and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I was so excited to see what, uh, you know, Vic Vangio can do with Javon Holland, especially after Justin Houston or um, wow. Uh, God, Justin Simmons, sorry. I couldn't even think of his name, the safety in Denver. Uh, that is where I think the success is really going to start from. But um, before we wrap up here, do you guys – can you think of any of those um, first, second, third-year guys you mentioned, Channing Tindall, that might step up and be a playmaker early on, especially when you consider the Jalen Phillips injury, the uh, Bradley Chubb injury? I mean, you don't know where Jerome Baker is going to be at. I mean, I think he even uh, – had surgery shortly after the season ended. Uh, don't quote me on that. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that the Dolphins are going to have to lean on early in the year that uh, that aren't going to be uh, uh, normal, I should say. I really liked uh, when Josh brought up the, the two young corners there. Ethan Bonner, who just kind of came out of nowhere, right? I believe he was an undrafted player that signed with the Dolphins. Um, and you heard about his speed. Tyreek Hill was talking about his speed during OTAs. So, I mean, like, we were warned by the Cheetah that, that Ethan Bonner was, was – uh, on the rise here and Ethan Bonner got playing time over Cam Smith at the end of the year. And a lot of people saw that as an indictment on Cam Smith. I'm going to sit here and say, that's an indictment on Vic Fangio. Cam Smith was your first draft pick. He was drafted in the second round Um, by all accounts, looked great in uh, preseason and, and OTAs had a little bit of an injury there towards the end of that. And, you know, tweaked the knee a little bit and you just kept every time, Vic Fangio was asked about Cam Smith. He's just, oh, well, he needs to work on his fundamentals. All right, bro. Well, can you get give us a little bit more than that? Can we go into depth here? Because at some point, these rookies have to play. Eric Ezukama, you know, I know he's on the offensive side of the football. He's barely played. And he's had injuries too. Channing Tindall, Josh mentioned him. He's barely played. Cam Smith barely played as a rookie. Like, 
if you're going to build a team that is good and can sustain success over a number of years, your young players have to develop. And the only way they can develop is to play in football games. So I think Cam Smith is going to end up being a, a darn good corner for this team this year. And I think it's going to have to happen pretty quickly because the Dolphins don't have money to spend on a, on a whole bunch of different cornerbacks that are going to come in. You're, you're probably going to get rid of Xavier Howard, which means you're going to need a starting cornerback opposite Jalen Ramsey. And for my, for my money and probably for the Dolphins money as well, I think that's going to be Cam Smith. And I think the Dolphins are actually going to be okay for that. He's a young guy with with a, a unique personality. He's got the dreads. I believe he, he was rocking the grill on, on uh, draft night there. You could see why somebody like that maybe didn't mesh very well with the the 107-year-old Vic Fangio. You know what I mean? Like, So I think you get a guy, a younger guy like Anthony Weaver in there. Uh, with the reputation of a player's coach, he's going to want to maximize Cam Smith's skill set because that's what the Dolphins are going to need if they're going to be successful. And I think Cam Smith is going to end up having a pretty pretty solid season his second year in the NFL. But you might as well call it that his rookie year part two with as little as he played last season. I'm thinking between that double mover, I think he got absolutely torched, right? Wasn't it early on? And then uh, the preseason, had right? Step. Yeah, yeah, it was whatever. Yeah, and then I'm sure Vic Fangio had to see that video of him just saying, what, just drop your nuts or something like that. So, yeah, he's probably <laughs> rubbed a little bit the, the wrong way. You did say two or three years, right, Jake? That would have been what players have been around. One, okay. So, first, I was going to say Zeke Vandenberg because I know we were hot. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of liked him as an acorn under the radar player. But who was um, he? I mean, what position does he play? He, he was the uh, he was the outside line. He was like an edge, but he was also I think he could play in the middle of the defense, right? But he he probably won't even be on the roster. Zeke, what can't someone named Zeke do? He's, he's made yeah. to be a linebacker. Yeah, and Vandenberg, I mean, he just sounds like he could beat you up. But what about Cater Kohu, right? I'm going to blame Vic Fangio for that bad season he had in his sophomore slump. So um, I can see him bouncing back again with this defense and um, hopefully find that home at nickel. Um, again, you just really need to find someone that can play opposite of Xavier Howard. And as Merrick said, you hope it's Cam Smith because – you utilize that draft pick in him. You hope to have something there because you can't keep missing on these guys. I mean, we had so many few draft picks over the years, and let's be honest, they haven't hit on some of these guys since they made these hot trades for these big superstar players. Now, we aren't ever going to get any major, major headlines in these news conferences, but these reporters, they're, they're definitely going to try, right? Um, somebody did ask Anthony Weaver what is going to happen with Christian Wilkins, and, and Weaver responded by saying, I love coaching good players, and obviously he is one of them. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I know that he's positioned himself, obviously, for a huge payday, and as an ex-player, I completely understand the business of the league. I love Christian, and I would love to have him, but, man, we'll see. Merrick, you wrote about this on the Finsider, the players that uh, Weaver spoke about, the others he didn't. So what's going to happen? The franchise tag window is opening this week where the Dolphins could, if they'd like to spend roughly $20 million to keep Christian Wilkins around. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, so we're on Wilkins watch now. We need like oh, a like that. we need like a graphic and like a theme song. We're we're on Wilkins watch, you know. This as I believe as this episode is airing, the the franchise tag window is opening today. So I mean, it could happen. Christian Wilkins could get the franchise tag. I'm going to doubt it though. I don't think Christian Wilkins is going to get tagged. 
You know, you look at a scenario where he could, could get the tag and then and then get traded, and that would be like an ideal scenario for the Miami Dolphins front offense, but there's a lot of roadblocks in there. You know, we've discussed this in the DMs, Jake, um, and, and while, again, like I said, it's an ideal scenario, I also think it's an unlikely scenario. I think today, gun to my head, it's February 19th when we're recording this, February 20th when y'all are listening, hopefully, if you're listening to it on day one. Gun to my head, I think Christian Wilkins walks in free agency, signs a big money contract somewhere else. You saw Micah Parsons say something today about needing a, a big uh, pass rushing, you know, run stuffing D tackle in, in Dallas. Maybe he goes to play for the Cowboys. I don't know what their cap situation looks like, but Christian Wilkins is going to command upwards of $25 million a season. And that's just not money that Miami has right now. So I think he walks. I think the Dolphins get their third round compensatory pick. Uh, not this season, unfortunately, next season. Um, but, you know, we'll like it next offseason when, when we're doing our mock drafts and stuff, which I've already done probably, I don't know, 107 of them. The same age as McKenzie. Yeah, that, wouldn't that be fun? Make a little <laughs> little scrapbook. Um, anyways, I, I I don't think Christian Wilkins is a member of the Miami Dolphins this upcoming season, which makes me sad. Um, but that's a business. It's a business, and he wants to get paid, and, and the man has earned the right to be paid, just like uh, Chris Greer has said, just like Anthony Weaver has said. And uh, that we'll see at the end of that quote you gave me there, Jake, that that doesn't leave me with the, the warm and fuzzies. That makes me think he's got uh, Wilkins has one foot out the door already. What do you think, Josh? Gun to your head. February 19th is Christian Wilkins, a member of the Miami Dolphins in 2024. Yeah, I mean, I think it, we kind of all know what's going to happen here, right? We can say here and say we're feeling queasy and this and that. And we hope maybe Donna Ponte comes out of nowhere. Maybe we start printing money like it seems like the U.S. government and other places can just print all this, you know, fake money. Unless we can do that, we're not locking Christian Wilkins up long term. I know a lot of people are throwing around the idea of, you know, maybe franchise tagging him and then trading him. I think you'd still only get probably around a third, right, um, which would be the compensatory pick. So it sucks we're going to see him play for another team because that's a guy you never want to see go elsewhere. Um, he grew and got better every single year. We know how meaningful he is to the locker room. Um, I will say he did end Preston Williams' Hall of Fame-like career. But besides from that, I mean – um, the dude has been awesome, and I'm going to hate to see him playing on a different defense, but um, no ill will towards him. He's deserved every bit of it. He bet on himself this year, and um, he's going to get paid like it. But I wish they can find a way, but we're, what, $40 million over the cap or something? Like, uh, we knew this day was coming, and it just sucks because Chris Greer did too, and they did nothing to stop it. Hey, hey, Jake, do you know where Christian Wilkins is from? Uh, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Springfield. No, probably just Springfield, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Do you, do you know which NFL team has uh, one of the largest amounts of cap space this upcoming season? Are you sure? Is he going to be wearing Patriot Pat? Is that what you're telling me? I hope not, but it, wouldn't that just be what's going to happen to us as Dolphins fans? We're going to lose well, Christian Wilkins to the Patriots. Too. Come on. I know they're rebuilding and they're probably going to tear it down and not spend big money this offseason, but do, does the, the Western Mass man go home to, to Massachusetts and play for the New England Patriots? I hope not. As a greedy Dolphins fan, I kind of just want him to go to like Chicago or Arizona, get like a big payday somewhere, and just kind of you you you'll be seven and nine over there. We'll be seven and nine over here, and we'll all be <laughs> seven and ten, whatever. Yeah. 
Oh, I hope I can't believe you threw happen. that out into the. I can't believe you put that out in the atmosphere. Like, I've been thinking we about that for months. We we're kind of seven as Mike Isiki, but let's be honest. Christian Wilkins is a whole different animal. Come on, man, don't don't do oh, that. It's yeah. Devon Godshaw all over again, except this is like that final evolution, right? That '99 uh, Blastoise that's uh, we're watching. I do believe uh, Godshaw is a free agent, by the way. If you want to bring him home. Ooh, that 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 should be a pod. I I do a pod on bringing Godshaw home. He was always he was solid. And and to Come like home. Come in. <laughs> the idea of trading, like like that, there is some sense to it, and you can see like there is like you don't have to look really hard to see value. But then you kind of start thinking like the new year starts in three weeks. You're already 50 mil over the salary cap. In order to keep Wilkins through the league year, you're gonna have to be 70 mil. Um, clear up that much cap space. It just seems like a lot to do to try to get more than a third round pick. And you do wonder if a team sees you doing all this to hope for a trade, are they going to try to offer you anything more than a third right. round pick? If they're just going to try to balloon the deal or anything like that. Well, you know, I guess there is still always the chance that the Dolphins find a way to make it work with Wilkins and, you know, um, maybe front load this contract in a way that would require getting a long-term deal done with Tua and lowering his number uh, for this season. So, you know, you knew we weren't going to go a full episode without talking to a tongue about it. It might be a record 43 minutes. Wow. That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I mean, all Twitter's talking about, right. I mean, Oh my God, dude, Michael Penix. Come on. I think you're going to have to pronounce that differently if he does end up in Miami. We can't be saying Phoenix on the on the podcast for however long. That'd be two left arm of gods. <laughs> well, it's 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 the NFL, right? And that's what we do. It's not just just uh, September through early February. This is a, a twelve months out of the year sport now, and we've reached peak off season, which is peak Miami Dolphins time. And uh, and we're about to see what happens. The the this entire roster could look completely different based on free agency in the draft, and that's what makes it fun. You know what I mean? So if you're on these Twitter streets screaming at each other, just chill out, bro. Take a Xanax and and go have a picnic or something perfectly said i think that is it that is all the time we have out of another actually josh i think you got some final thoughts there did, did you have a I, no i just I, I mean we're not it's cold as hell wherever we all are from we're not going out and take a picnic the xanax and, was, and a picnic sounds good, it was 55 like, degrees in iowa today and and i definitely had a picnic i took my kids to the park i took the new puppy to the park and we had some pb and j's out on the swing set what, what's the puppy's Rolling name did we ever figure that out my puppy's name is Bowie. I have a mini Australian Shepherd. He has one green eye and one blue eye, so I named him after uh, David Bowie, one of my favorite singers. Um, and he's a, a a little nightmare. He's just like having a little baby, waking me up multiple times every night. I haven't had a good night's sleep in three weeks, but he's so damn cute that it just doesn't matter. I love that little guy. Uh, did the kids get any uh, input on the dog name, or was it was were you in no. charge of that? No, if the kids got to name the dog, he'd be named like Poop Butt or something like that. But that's my kids' humor. There was no like Unicorn, unicorn or Princess or Rainbow. That's what my kids would name that's it. That's what yours like, would name it. Rainbow's not, not awful. Rainbow, actually, I think you could get by with. Unicorn uh, Princess puts on the line. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my kid, if he named it after his favorite band, uh, he told me yesterday his new favorite band is Daft Punk. I feel like this has something to do. First of all, I like Daft Punk. Oh, is he making fun of us? No, I think making fun of us. 
I think it has something to do with Fortnite. I don't know. I don't play Fortnite. I never have. I think there's like a a, a Daft Punk song in Fortnite. So he's like, well, I like Daft Punk now. And I'm like, all right. I tried to play the Kanye West version of Stronger. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in this song. And he was like, it's not as good as the original, Dad. And I was like, all right. They dunked on, nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he elitist. Uh, he out elitist me with the music. It was... It, it was actually kind of bittersweet. It was, a, it was a proud moment. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a lot of uh, Daft Punk on Fortnite. I don't know. I don't know. I have that. no idea. That is it. That is all the time we have on another Dolphins podcast. Merrick mentioned it. The Dolphins can't lose during the offseason, and we are going to keep the podcast coming. So thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back soon, but until then, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up.